prefix re. A prefix is a syllable placed in front of a root word. Prefixes change the meaning of the root word. One prefix you will study this week is re. Re means to do again. When re is added to verbs, the new words are also verbs. The word do means to complete or perform an action. The word redo means to complete or perform an action again. Like in the sentence, I decided to redo one side of the fort I made for my social studies project because it didn't look right. The word fill means to make something full. The word refill means to make something full again. Like in the sentence, Grandma asked me to refill her water glass during dinner. The word load means to put something in a container. The word reload means to put something in a container again. Now you know how to read a lot more words. Words with the re-prefix. I bet if you were to do a study of the words most used by children, one of them would be, I mean, this has got to be top ten, one of them would absolutely be the word again. Again! Have you ever heard a kid say again to you? A million times, right? They will say it after anything even remotely amusing happens to them. Again. I stubbed my toe on the couch a couple weeks ago. I'm not one that is prone to exaggeration, but I may have rolled around on the floor for a while, moaning and agony and yelling incoherently, and by the time I kind of wrapped up and realized I wasn't going to die, I looked up, and the two-year-old's looking at me, and he goes, <laughs> again. I was like, no, that was not a show. That is not a thing that I want to have happen to me again. I was like, again. And so I faked stubbing my toe one more time, and I rolled around on the floor, and this turned into a game again, over and over and over again, because pain is hilarious. Other people's pain is hilarious sometimes. That is why YouTube gets 5 billion views every single day. It's because we see a guy try and cannonball onto a frozen swimming pool, but the ice doesn't break, and you can hear his tailbone crack, and that's when all the adults gather around and go, <laughs> again, and we watch them time and time again. Kids can watch the same movie or the same TV show 700 times in a row every day. That should be training. If you want to be a parent, you, uh, are you able to endure multiple consecutive viewings of the following television shows? Like Barney, Caillou. Oh, don't get me started on Caillou. <laughs> Toopy and Binu? Oh, man. Sorry. I have entire Disney soundtracks memorized. I could sing along verbatim to almost every Disney song that you can think of. The current favorite in our home right now is Moana. I've seen Moana 412 times in September. I pray actively when I watch it now that God will miraculously change the plot. I just... I just move in and do something crazy, Lord. Just make... I, I started cheering for the villain. Maybe it'll be different this time. Maybe Taka will not receive the heart and go on to destroy the island of Montanui. Anyone with me? Anyone know what I'm talking about? Four of you. Kids don't care. They'll just watch it over and over and over and over again. They don't care. Again. However, it's not just kids. Adults can do this. There is a function on many audio players nowadays that is the repeat function. I don't think the repeat function should exist. I don't think there's ever the need for you to listen to a song immediately after just listening to that song. Does anyone use the repeat button or anything? There are people who, why, why do you do this, why? Hypothetically, people like my wife, 
we'll use the repeat button. And she'll be getting ready in the morning and she'll be listening to songs on her phone. Not songs, song. She'll be listening to song on her phone because she will have the repeat button on and we will hear one song and then we will hear it again. And then we will hear it again. And then we will hear it one more time. And it'll be followed up by that same song. And then she will redo that song. And by like, I don't know how many times it has gone past, eventually I will say, Liz, can we change the song? And her answer will be, what song? She doesn't even know. It's like, that song has been playing for 43 consecutive days. Doesn't it bother you? She's like, I like that song. She wants to listen to it again, again. But sometimes the word again can be really good because we like to do things Again, if you've been on a roller coaster and it was awesome and you got off, you probably said, I'm going on that thing again. If you've been to a restaurant and it was awesome, you're probably going to say, yeah, I'd go back there again. Some of you love to do the same things over and over again. Some of you go to the same place on vacation every single year because you love it. Some of you have been to Disney 52 times because you are a fan and you are planning to go again. We like to do the same things. When you find an experience or have one of these moments that is really good, you're like, I wouldn't mind doing that again. I would like to have that happen over again. And so we have this prefix, re. You saw the letters behind me and we had a robot explain to us what it means. We understand what it means. The word re, you just stick it at the front of a word. It means to do it again. Redo, you're going to do it again. Reuse, you're going to use it again. Resize something, you're going to measure it again. To rejoice, you're going to rejoice all over again. Sometimes it doesn't work. It was a joke. <laughs> but there are other words that start with re that are similar, a little bit different. Words like refresh and renew and restore. And they have kind of this underlying meaning. It's not necessarily just again, but I, I want to go back to the way it was before. I want to return to a previous condition. I liked it like that, and I wouldn't mind being back there. I am super tired right now, but I remember a time in my life when I'm going to add so much energy. I can't wait to be refreshed. Or maybe I'm weary and broken and discouraged, but I know that God has promised to make all things new, and his mercies are newer every morning, and I'm going to look ahead to the future because he's promised to restore me. Sometimes you look back and say, I want to feel like that again. Sometimes in faith, we look forward knowing that God is going to fix things for us. That word or the prefix R-E can really change anything. And it's our way of saying, God, do it again. God, I've seen you move before. I don't want that to be the only time I want to see you move again. God, I've, I've experienced your power before. You've answered prayers before. I've seen you do incredible things. And, and God, I want to see you do it again, again and again. And so this idea of re, of again, is going to be something that comes up uh, continuously over the course of this upcoming year for a variety of reasons. One of them being we just had an incredible year. At Crosspoint, we saw dozens of people get saved, give their lives to Jesus, get baptized, and our prayer is, God, we want to see that happen again, but more. We, we don't want to see it exactly the same way, but we want more. We've seen God show up and, and heal sickness and restore relationships and, and fulfill promises. We've seen God move in incredible ways, and our prayer is, God, more like that again this year. Do it again. 
We're, we're standing on the cusp of a new year where we're planning to do a whole bunch of missions trips and, and we're looking ahead to this facility and what, what does this future look like and we own a piece of land and what does that look like and we've got architects that are working things out and we're like, ah, I know what's going on, but God, I know that you have done unbelievable and unprecedented financial miracles last year and I believe you can do it again. God, you have shown up before in our church and done unbelievable things that no one saw coming, that people still don't believe when we tell them. I, I don't believe that he's done. I believe that he's still working and that he can do it again. Not exactly like it was last year, but something more. We launched a campus and it filled up with people and we saw a whole bunch of people kind of become part of the Crosspoint family. God, do it again. Do it again. Keep moving. I don't ever want to be completely satisfied with just what's happened. Right? I don't, own, I don't want to just be satisfied with the past. We should celebrate it, but we should keep moving forward. We can't ever just stop and say, well, look what he did. Wasn't that neat? Look at what he did. Just look at it. Just look at it. Wasn't that neat? Those were good days. I remember that. That was fun. Man, those were great days. Let's, let, I just wish it was like the good old days. I wish we could just do that all over. Wasn't that great? We should, we should, and you see how quickly it turns into, let's go back. You don't mean for it to be that. That wasn't your intention. But all of a sudden you're like, no, I really liked it a lot better back then. Nostalgia is a powerful drug. And it will convince you that the way it was is way better than it'll ever be again. It will convince you that your best days are behind you. It, it, it will tempt you to go back and say, it'll never be like that again. You need to get back there. You, you need, just like, it, nostalgia will trick you into thinking there weren't any problems back then. Oh, everything was great back then, back in the day. We didn't have anything going on. You just forgot. And your mind will try and trick you. Let's just go back. God constantly told his people to celebrate and remember what he had done, but it was to always keep them moving forward. It was always so that it would keep moving ahead. It was his way of saying, I've done it before and I can do it some more. I've done it before and I can do it some more. And we celebrate that, and we remember that, and that's awesome, and we're glad, but there is still work to do. We had an awesome year last year. It was great. There are still tens of thousands of people in Fredericton who don't know Jesus, so we can't be done. We, we can't just look back and say, well, that was neat. That was, I'm satisfied with last year. Let's just do it like that all over again. Those were good days. Let's do the same, same songs, same series same stage, we all have the same coffee cups, same coffee stains on the floor. Let's keep everything exactly the way that it was last year. It was really good. Let's see, then you're going to get stuck in the past. We celebrate to motivate. We celebrate to say, look what God did. I bet he's not done. Look what God did. I wonder what he can continue to do. Look at how awesome the past was. I can't wait to see what the future looks like. This is what God has taught his people to do, to look back, but to spur them on to keep moving forward. That's what he's done for generations. There's all kinds of examples in scripture. In the book of Habakkuk, or Habakkuk, or the 32nd book of the Old Testament, 
says, I have heard all about you, Lord. I am filled with awe by your amazing works. In this time of our deep need, help us again as you did in years gone by. And in your anger, remember your mercy. So this guy was a prophet for God's people back at a time when things were not good. They they were on the verge of destruction. These were evil days. Darkness was winning. No one was encouraged. It sounds a little familiar sometimes, doesn't it? Not a lot changes. And so this prophet looks at God and says, I know what you have done in the past. I have seen the miracles. We have heard the stories. We have sang the songs. We have seen the monuments. I know you're capable. Could you do it for us again? They looked back as a way of saying, man, we need to get moving into the future. God, do it again. There's another example in the book of Joshua. Chapter 3, Joshua is trying to lead God's people to the promised land, but there is a body of water in the way, and they don't know how they're going to get through it. Does it sound a little bit familiar? Joshua 3.7 says, The Lord told Joshua, Today I will begin to make you a great leader in the eyes of all the Israelites. They will know that I am with you just as I was with Moses. So God is saying, I've been here before. I I performed a miracle for all of my people, and I got them through this thing. I've done it before, and I bet I can do it some more. And so he does, and he splits the water, and they walk through it. And when they get to the other side, God tells them to build a monument. And verse uh, 21 of chapter 4 says, Joshua said to the Israelites, In the future your children will ask, What do these stones mean? And you can tell them, this is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the river right before your eyes, and he kept it dry until you were all across, just as he did at the Red Sea when he dried it all up until we had all crossed over. He did this so all the nations of the earth might know that the Lord's hand is powerful, and so you might fear the Lord your God forever. You catch that? Just like I did for Moses at the Red Sea, I can do it for Joshua at the Jordan River, and I can do it again whenever I have to. I'm not just a God who has done. I'm a God who still does. I'm not just a God of the past, but I'm a God of the present, and I'm a God who's leading my people into the future. Don't be discouraged when you face these problems and these obstacles. Look back and see what I did and help it move you forward. It says, remember it forever. One more example is from the story of David. And before David was a king, he was just a a really young guy, and he was a shepherd, and he just grew up kind of watching sheep. And the day comes when God's people are, they're not really under attack by their enemies, the Philistines, but they're basically getting mocked daily by one particular member of the Philistine clan, and it's the, the giant Goliath. And he comes out every day just to make fun of them. Walks out, stands on a stage, tests his mic, and he's like, you guys are awful. See you tomorrow when we do this all over again, losers. And this happens day after day after day after day after day after day after day. And they are getting discouraged. They feel defeated. This is not where they wanted to be. Where's God? What's he doing? (laughs) And then David says this for Samuel 17. Verse 32 says, don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. Remember, he's a kid. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy. He's been a man of war since his youth. But David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. 
When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I have done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. The God who has done it before can do it some more. The God who performed a miracle back then is still the same God of today, still a God who performs miracles, still a God who defeats our enemies. The goal was to look back and remember and to celebrate so that they would move on and continue to follow after God and see what he had for them into the future. I mean, it was a done deal for David. That fight was as good as done. Goliath was going to lose because I know my God and I've seen what he can do and I believe that he's still with me. And then he's not done working. He's kept all of his other promises. So why wouldn't he keep these ones? He's kept all of his other promises. Why not mine too? Even if I'm the one facing a huge body of water, or if I'm the one facing a, a giant or whatever it is, man, I've seen what he can do. I know who he is. And so I need to enter into the future with, with faith that he can do all things. And maybe that's you today. Maybe you're here today and you are facing some kind of obstacle, some kind of thing that is slowing you down. It's got you stuck. You're up against a wall, whatever that thing is. And you're thinking, well, where's God in all this? I haven't heard from him. He's not answering my prayers. I'm still sick. I'm still annoyed. I'm still frustrated. I haven't seen from him in a long time. And God's kind of word for us is just remember. Remember what I've done. Don't forget don't forget, I'm the same God who has done miracle after miracle after miracle. Don't forget that I'm the God who has fulfilled promise after promise after promise. Don't forget that, that I am the power who raised Jesus Christ from the dead and conquered the grave. That's me, and I am still with you. I've done it before. I can do it some more. He can do it again. That's the kind of faith I want us to have as a church, believing that, that our best days aren't behind us, that, that, that our whole goal this year isn't just to celebrate all the things that he's done, but to keep believing that he's got greater things for us in the future. Because it's, it's easy to start to believe the lies that the enemy would plant in us when it comes to church. Maybe you've heard a lot of the lies going on around the church. Not this church, but just the church in general in the world. Ah, oh, the church is obsolete. Church is getting out of date. Churches are shrinking. They're shutting down. The church's days are numbered. It's all done for the church that's what so many people would say. That's what the enemy would love for us to believe. Yeah, it's baloney. It's a big, it's Costco baloney, right? Like it's no. It's absolutely lies. Because we can't forget God. We can't forget what he's done. We can't forget what he's called us to do into the future. And the same Jesus that we've been worshiping today is the same Jesus who resurrected himself from the grave and kicked open the tomb, the tomb, stared the devil in the face and said, you don't win, and uttered the words, the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. The church's days are not numbered. There is a great future ahead of us. He's not done. And the same God who's performed big things in the past is a God who can perform miraculous things into the future. Do you believe it today? Well, maybe. <laughs> I 
He's a God who's done it before. And I want us to have a faith that believes he's a God who can do it some more. However many people got saved last year, I believe, why, why couldn't twice as many people get saved this year? Why can't we start to put a dent in those tens of thousands of people in our city who don't know Jesus? Do you believe that we could play a part in that? Or do you believe that God's work is done? No, it's good. I'm satisfied with that. Do you think God is satisfied with tens of thousands of people in Fredericton being not saved? I don't think he is. And so he's left it up to his church to move ahead into the future, full of faith, believing that he can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. If that's not a cliche, that's scripture, that's truth. And so however big you think God can move this year, he can do bigger. He's bigger. He's bigger than your imagination. He can do infinitely more. See, the problem is that we just forget too much, don't we? We forget what he's done. We forget about all those prayers he's answered. We forget about all the times that he's moved. And we're just like, ah, oh, I don't know if he'll ever do anything again. He will. You ever forgotten something important? Okay, good. You're all, all right. Anyone forgotten anything? Maybe it was a birthday or a certain date or even like a skill that you have done thousands of times before. One day you're just like, I forgot how to do that. You ever just choked on water? It's like you've drank water 17,000 times in your life and one day you're just like, nope, that went down the front of my shirt. Forgot how to drink water. Uh, all right, quiz time. Quiz time. How many of you, and this is a moment of honesty right here, okay, church, we're in, a, we're in the house of the Lord. People at theater, you play along too, South Campus. How many of you have ever forgotten a loved one's birthday? Good. Good. That makes me feel better. How many uh, married folks have forgotten your anniversary? Oh, we need to do a marriage series right now. So I've also done that. How many of you have ever forgotten to turn off an appliance or something that was running in your home and then you left? How many of you have wondered if you forgot to turn it off and it bothered you and eventually you're like, no, I got to go back. I got to check on it, right? We forget. How many of you have ever forgotten to show up for an appointment or a meeting? You get a phone call. You're like, what are you doing? I'm just hanging out. You should have been here 22 minutes ago. Right? We forget. How many of you, I know this one might seem a little obscure, but it's happened. How many of you have often forgotten to wear like a certain piece of clothing? Anyone? <laughs> It's like minus 30 in January, and you're like, I didn't wear a sweater today. Or if you're like my kids, it's January, it's minus 30, and they just don't wear socks. And you get a phone call from the school that says, your kids aren't wearing socks. Why aren't they wearing socks? And you have to have a talk with your kids about how you should wear socks in the winter. You're also going to have to move in with strangers, and so put your socks on. We forget. We forget things all the time. We forget big things. We forget important things. We forget things that are dangerous if we forget them. Right? We are not prone to perfect memory. This is why we have reminders and notifications and bells on your phone to pop up and say, you got to do this thing. Don't forget to do it. I had to put on a huge piece of scrap paper, tape it to my door last week, garbage day. <laughs> How many garbage days have I done in my life? But I forgot two weeks ago and I was like, oh, I can't forget again. We are prone to forget. Even good things. And, and we'll have incredible moments. We'll go on great trips or we'll have great memories. And we'll be like, I will never forget this moment. This is the greatest moment. And two years later, we're like, I have no idea what happened back then. <laughs> College is the greatest days of my life. You won't remember a thing. I remember two things about college, a lot of reading and debt. That's what I remember 
Also, I got married. Three things about college that I remember that were good. Ah, see, that tendency to forget sinks into our faith. And it sinks into our faith, and we forget all of the times that God has answered prayer. And so we say crazy things like, God never answers my prayers. We think about all the times that we have prayed for healing, and it worked. But when we get sick, we're like, God, show up and answer my prayer, why don't you? We go before, and, and, and we think all these things that God has done, the way he moved, a word he spoke, the encouragement we got when we needed it, the answer we got when we needed it, miraculous provision we got when we needed it, and yet all along the way, we forget about it, and we get to a point where anxiety starts to hit in, and, and, and we say crazy things like, well, what if he doesn't? What if he doesn't? What if he won't? What if he... Those are not words of faith. Don't forget what he's done. He says, do not worry. I will take care of you. And this is when bitterness sets in sometimes. And you say crazy things like, well, he never. Well, he's never done that for me. He's never healed me. He's never provided for me. He's never answered my prayers. But you're forgetting about all of the times that he did. And the enemy uses it against you. And you start to fall in on your own words. He has for you many, 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 many times. Whatever the prayers have been he has he has answered prayers that you prayed that you didn't even remember praying he's answered prayers for you you didn't even realize it because the answer was different or it looked different than what you expected you have no many time, have no idea how many times god's hand has been on your life and he has plucked you out of a dangerous situation or given you health or given you grace or given you healing or given you provision and you just missed it entirely don't let yourself utter those words. Well, he hasn't. Well, he never. Well, he doesn't. Well, he won't. Those are not words of faith. Those are words of forgetfulness. God says, I want you to look back and remember and celebrate, not to keep you in the past, but to move you ahead into the future. Celebration is for motivation. He's a good God, and we want to continue to see him move again. Sometimes we get so worried, caught up in the things that he hasn't done, that we forget about all the things that he has. That's why he told his people to build monuments. Make a pile of rocks. Why? Just believe me. Your kids will ask you someday, and it'll be a good reminder for all of you. In fact, Jesus asked us to look for him by the things that he's done, by the work that he has accomplished. This is Luke 7.20. It says, John's two disciples found Jesus and said to him, John the Baptist sent us to ask, are you the Messiah we've been expecting? Or should we keep looking for someone else? And at that very time, Jesus cured many people of their diseases, illnesses, and evil spirits and restored sight to many who were blind. And then he told John's disciples, go back to John and tell him what you have seen and heard. The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. In other words, the answer to the question, are you our Messiah, was answered with, look at what I've done. Look at the things that I've done. That is me. That is who I am. And, and it wasn't just as a way of saying, well, he's done some pretty neat things. It, his was, it was his way of saying, I am that right now also. And I will continue to be that into the future. I'm not done. I'm still alive. There's still work to be done. If his church is still on the earth, we're not done. Correct? Which means 
he has more work for us to do, more work that he empowers us to do, that he equips us to do, that he has called us to do. So he's definitely not done. He wants to do it again. He wants to do it some more. In fact, the greatest answer he ever gave us was in Jesus. When Jesus was the ultimate promise fulfilled and all of the things you need in your life that you are currently lacking, they are found in Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ showed up and he is our savior. He is our defender. He is our protector. He is our provider. He is our redeemer. He is all of the things that you currently need in your life. It's found in the person of Jesus Christ. So don't dare say, well, he doesn't, he hasn't, he isn't. Oh, he did. He gave us everything we absolutely need in the person of Jesus Christ. He has answered that prayer. He wants to continue to do more than we could imagine. And so our vision as a church is not getting smaller. It's not going to fade away. It's not going to get easier, right? It's, it's one of those things where I want God to continue to give us big dreams for the future, big faith for the future. I, I want us to have believability that God can actually do the things that we talk about. Listen, I don't want to just stand up here and give you motivational, inspirational speeches like, hooray, and then nothing changes. I, I want to preach things that I believe God can do. I want us to have a vision that we could not do without God because we have to depend on him and depend on his power. I want us to be believing for things that, that don't make any sense unless God. He's done it before. Why can't he do it some more? And I believe that he can do it again. And I want us to have that faith and believability this year. Who knows what could happen? When God's people full of God's power and God's faith go out and do the work that has been assigned to us. I want to close with this passage in Psalm 126. God's people have been in exile. They've been captive. It's been hard and difficult, but they've been believing that God is going to call them out of captivity. He's going to free them from slavery. Why? He's done it before. Why wouldn't he do it again? And the day, the day comes... And he does the exact thing. And so what do they do? They write a song so they can remember and celebrate. And it's Psalm 126. It says, when the Lord brought back his exiles to Jerusalem, it was like a dream. We were filled with laughter and we sang for joy. The other nations said, what amazing things the Lord has done for them. Yes, the Lord has done amazing things for us. What joy. Restore our futures, Lord, as streams renew the desert. Listen to this verse. Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. And they weep as they go to plant their seed, but they sing as they return with the harvest. You see those words restore and renew and return to again and again and again. We were captive once and God freed us. He'll do it again. We were captives again and God freed us and he can do it again. And they were captives, and God freed them. And he's done it again through the person of Jesus Christ for all of us. And he says, even if you're in a hard season where there's pain, he says, those of you who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. Even in your painful seasons, he's working on your behalf. If you're in a painful season, start planting seeds and your tears will water those seeds, and God will give you a new harvest and do something brand new in your life that is unexpected and crazy. 
but they were believing that God would keep them at his word. He said, look at all the things he's done for us. And they said, oh, he has done great things for us. And he's going to continue to do it again into the future. He wasn't done with them then. And if you're not here in that season, then man, it's, it's just one of those reminders to not forget what God has done. To be encouraged. Celebrate frequently. Look back. You should write a journal. You should, you should write a prayer journal and you can write down, God answered, God answered, God answered. That'll fill you with faith so many times. Don't forget to celebrate when God answers a prayer. Get together with friends and have a feast when God shows up and does something good in your life. Amen? Amen. I mean, he wrote that into the law for his people. He made it law. Don't forget, eat food and celebrate with your people. Why? He knew it was directly attached to their faith and their family, their community of faith. Because God says, I've done it before and I'm going to do it some more. Do you believe that God can do it again? Do you believe he can do it again in your life? Do you believe that he's a God who keeps his promises? That a God is going to see you through whatever it is you're facing? Do you believe that as a church, our best days are back then? Or are they ahead of us? Because I want to celebrate the incredible things that he's done. But I believe that was all just to set us up for what he's going to continue to do. And so I pray for that kind of faith as a church. He's a God who can do it again.